Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, your life improvement series starts now. Heal Squad, happy Thursday, happy Throwback Thursday. This is a very exciting day because this is officially the first Better Together Throwback episode. And for those of you who are saying, Kelsey, what are you talking about? We do Better Together Throwback Thursdays every week. What I'm saying is... We've officially become Heel Squad by Maria Menounos. That's our official name now, which is really exciting. We just rebranded. We trademarked the name. Like, it's ours now. And you guys really kind of helped us helped us with this. I mean, you're our heel squad. So you're part of the show. You guys always have been, but we felt this name just, just fit and just really worked. And it encompassed that whole idea so much better. And I don't know, not better. We still love better together. It's still part of us, but we're just really excited about heel squad by Maria Menounos. So for this throwback Thursday, that's a better together episode. We have the lovely Candace Kumai on and she's talking all about her nighttime beauty routine, doing research and finding clean beauty products um, in the Japanese skincare world. She talks about a resentful list. Ooh, that one was really good. And re-listening to this, I was like, oh yeah, I need to do that again. So enjoy. And I hope you guys all have a great week. Please share the show with someone who you think it would speak to and we love you. Oh, and don't forget to leave us a five-star rating five-star rating on apple Podcasts and spotify it means the world to us we love you heel squad all right see you later oh hello everybody welcome to better together when you know better you get better that's what we do here every single day our quote of the day when you've been broken you can come out more beautiful than you were before i like that today's guest gave us that quote, Candice Kumai. What up, Heal Squad? Hope you guys are having a great day wherever you are in this crazy, beautiful world. Today, we're going to be chatting with Candice Kumai, aka the golden girl of wellness, about health and wellness for the new year. From glowing skin to ancient time-tested practices for good health, 
to self-love and embracing our differences. We're going to cover it all. Woo. Kintsugi Wellness, Candice, combines her wellness wisdom and traditional Japanese heritage with a culinary, I never know how to say this word, prowess? Prowess. You nailed it. I know, but I always want to say prowess for some reason. Prowess. Prow- but it's prowess. Prowess, yeah. Yeah. But I always screw it up. Anyhow, I didn't screw it up this time. No, you nailed it. In anticipation, I really tried hard. <laughs> uh, we need... Uh, Maybe some new routines, some mm-hmm. new things to add in, things to take out. Um, one of the things that I started doing late last year that I've really, really enjoyed is um, I have found inspiration in selling stuff in my closet. I'll tell you why. Girl, same. Girl, same. Girl, same. So I have like my buckets in my closet. I have my to donate, to give to sell. Now, sometimes they just fill up and they just sit there forever. And I get so frustrated um, because some, for some reason, that final step of actually executing is, is the challenge. And so, you know, I'll, I'll give stuff away, as you know, and then I'll donate or whatever. And then sometimes I hold on to certain things because I'm like, oh, but I don't want to. But if I sell it, I am so much more incentivized. So I am just like, yep, get rid of it, get rid of it, because I know I I'm going to get something back, mm-hmm. right? Now, I have my little sell pool, and that's usually for, like, my donations. Like, I made a little donation to Lovely O Rescue. I make a donation to various things. So it's like my little, like, okay, this is a little extra something. I can throw certain, you know, directions, I love that. I have been a big clothing seller for forever because it's also for me, it's like not even just the money or the kickback you get. I always get happy if someone else, I know like someone else is going to love the item. Yeah. Right. Because that's why I don't want to get rid of it. I'm like, no, but it's so good and maybe I'll wear it. But if someone else can love it, it makes me really happy. Yeah. So I'll tell you guys, Poshmark is really awesome. So what I love about them is it's super easy. You're taking pictures of your item. You create the description, you fill out all the blanks that they have for you, you load it up there, and it's so easy when someone buys it, and you can negotiate whatever you buy, they buy it, you get a little label, you print it, you put it, send it off. I like to do a little extra something, I leave a little note, and I give them an extra gift. So I also have this huge thing of like jewelry. Every time I sell something, I put a little piece of jewelry in as a little extra gift. And I get so, so excited that someone on the other side is going to get this thing they bought and then get something else. And I, I try to match the vibe of whatever it is they bought. And I think of what their style would be. And then I pick something because for so many years, people have sent me jewelry and stuff like that for outfits and fashion that I'm wearing. And I mean, the stuff is so cute still. I just couldn't possibly wear it all. First of all, I'm also very minimal with my jewelry. Um, and so I'll pick, I'll hand select things based on the item I'm sending them. And I get so excited doing that. That's so cute. Yeah. I love that. So the point is maybe the idea of selling your things will incentivize you to get rid of them. And, and, and what's cool is you can use that pool to buy new things and not feel guilty, right? You can, you know, just keep refreshing and keep refreshing if you want. So you have this, like this never ending pool of money that will just help propel you forward with your fashion. Um, I am currently wearing my little Just Fab 
evergreen onesie. Guys, these it's things so cute. are so cute. And my white fuzzy boots that I'm so obsessed with. I am the biggest Just Fab fan now. Like crazy. You've sold me. I'm like, I want to get in. It's so Everything great. you wear, you guys. And I'll be like, oh, Maria, that's cute. She's like, oh, Just Fab. And I'm <laughs> like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I am sold. So I'm like H&M. I don't even do a lot of Zara, but I do because sometimes I, the lines are so long. <laughs> but um, but H and M's um, and and their app kind of is a little annoying to me. Zara, yeah, oh yeah, right. It's very difficult. So it's not to just navigate. me. No, no, no. It's hard. Okay. Yeah, I love how high fashion it feels, but I can't do it. No, it's hard. I love H and M's app, so I, I get a lot of stuff at H and M, and then TJ Maxx. And Marshall's online. My new secret is going to the runway. So if you go to TJ Maxx, I was teaching Daria this when she was here recently. I go, go to tjmaxx.com and then all the buttons at the top, there's one that says the runway. And if you go in there, you'll find the most luxury brands. It's insane, the brands that you can get in there. And so if I want something high end, like I'll do that, but you get 20 to 60% off. And so... And I guess like a lot of people probably have these misconceptions that things are irregular or whatever. It's not. They just have over-manufactured. These brands have over-manufactured and the buyers go in and they're like, okay, we'll take it. And then they give it to us for 20 to 60% off. So here are my stores. Hell I go to H&M, yeah. TJ Maxx and Marshalls, and now I get everything in Just Fab. There are some things that get mixed in there for sure. Like when I went to Italy recently, I found this unique little store and bought a bunch of things in there that I love. Yeah, But, you know... I think this is the cutest, most coziest little onesie maybe I've ever had in my life. And I live to post my pictures and be like, yeah, this whole outfit's maybe like $80. The best. I love it. It's my favorite thing ever. Oh, I feel like you really don't need to do any, like you don't need to spend a lot of money. Yeah, but we forget because we, forget we get that. so carried yeah. away. And I really like being that voice that you see on Instagram where it's like, okay, you can have a really cute outfit for not a lot of money because you don't see that a lot. Well, we like that you do that too, Thanks, because Quinn. then we'd go shop your stuff. <laughs> so hopefully that will inspire you to clean out your closet. And what I had to do to start is I had to bring in a rolling rack and really just clear out my closet and just say, okay, this I haven't worn in a long time. This I haven't worn. Even though I really love this, I haven't worn it. I'm putting it on the rack. And then I did all my pictures and I started loading them up. And I do it like in increments because it can be overwhelming. It does take a second to like put these all on. So I now have created one little bit of my closet where I hang all the things that I'm going to sell and then just slowly roll them out and slowly put them on. That's clever. I want to yeah. do the, the rolling rack things a good tip because I feel like even though my closet, like I can see stuff, I can't, I still can't really see stuff. Mm -hmm. So the rolling rack's a really great idea. I'm going to yeah. steal that. Yeah. And then the, the best thing is, is every time something new comes in, get rid of something, which is not an easy thing to adhere to, but you have to try. <laughs> I'm struggling currently with that in my jackets because I am a jacket snob. I love, mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I can always use a jacket. And it's like, well, you don't need seven of them. We live in so, LA. Exactly. I I've gotten rid you. of, I got rid of two. I had like four denim jackets for God knows why I need four. And I got rid of two of them last oh week. God, I have like six of them, I think. Really, I know. Oh it's God, like we so don't need denim it. jackets. Well, because there's the the little crop one, then there's the oversized one, then there's the light the one, light, then there's the dark, dark one. Yes, I know. There's the one with the puffy sleeves. One you, with I fur. Know. It's bad. I know. Um, but uh, you know what I found? It was funny when we were in Italy. There was this little 
black bomber, similar to the vest you're wearing, just like a little puffer. And I go, and Kevin's like, you need that. (laughs) Kevin's so bad. I love him because he knows I'm so bad and so cheap with myself. He's like, you need that. I go, honey, no, I don't. I have a million bombers. He goes, no, you don't. I go, yes, I do. He goes, no, you don't have this. And I go, no, but I have like a red one and I've got, no, no, you don't have this. You need it. And I'm sitting there and I begrudgingly took it. I'm so friggin' cheap with myself and so bad. So I come home. It's my favorite jacket now. And I actually want to wear it because it's thin enough to, it doesn't yes. feel constrictive. And like, I don't feel like I'm trapped and it's the best jacket. I wore it when I went to SmackDown oh, um, so cute. recently. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. You and Kev are both so good with that though. Like I'll send you both. Hey, should I get this? And it's like, you both have different takes on it, mm. but I trust you both. Like yeah. Kevin's going to be a little bit more like, like he was obsessed with his vest. He's like, you need the jacket too. Th- th- where you would probably be like, no, you got the vest. And where I'm like, you're right. I only need the vest. But yeah. I like having both of you. Yeah. We're a good yin and yang. You are. Yeah. You really are. So in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break so that we can get our guest, Candice Kumai, the golden girl of wellness in here. So she can give us some health, wellness, beauty, and just, and thought tips, right? Because what you think, you feel, what you feel, you become, and you give. Yeah, we'll go with that. (laughs) When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. 
I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. <laughs> um, so we'll just jump in. It's funny. Um, now I'm really curious to hear about kind of your origin. So, uh, everybody, Candace was telling me before we got, um, on the mic that she enjoyed an episode recently where I was talking about kind of how Kevin and I got started. And so now I have to ask, like, what was the, cause you said there were some similarities. Oh, I just, I loved listening to your humble beginnings and how you go back to the humble place, even now after all of your success, because I feel like we don't get to really see each other that often, like women in media, women mm -hmm. presenting, like <clears throat> only when we're on set in the green room, in the makeup room, maybe afterwards you have a five minute chat with somebody and then you're off to the races again. So I think I was just really touched that you two started in a very humble place and that you've created an empire on your own. And I totally agreed with women having a rough time along the way, not mm. ha getting as much credit as men, not having as much success or opportunity. We have to really create our own opportunities. And I think um, the beginning for me was actually, it was not planned at all, even though I knew much like you young, that I had the it factor in me around preschool, but I didn't understand what it was until um, I was in culinary school. I was writing, studying on a piece of paper. When I was done with the class, I was 22. I was right out of college after Long Beach State. I'm from San Diego originally, but mm -hmm. did my last 10 years in New York and then finally moved back home. So it's weird to look at Pasadena where I went to culinary school and crumpled up this piece of paper after my test and flipped it over. And it was a, a call for... Bravo's Top Chef by the producers of Project Runway. Didn't have a clue what it was. But my friends were like, you're going to go for that, right? And I was like, I don't know. I, I fit modeled to pay for culinary school because my parents, Japanese mom says, we are not going to pay for your culinary school. We are only going to pay for your college, okay? You can cook for your friends. You cannot cook for a living. <laughs> And so, <laughs> wait, we all do this. I've we heard all your, imitate heard our mom. moms. I yeah. freaking love this. I, I was like, wow. Well, that's because we're both first gen. Yeah. That's yeah. what makes us so similar. Yeah. And our work ethic is mm -hmm. the same. Like, you've got to be a slave driver or your mother is going to be disappointed. Damn, your mom <laughs> really went for it. She's like, I'm not paying. Brutal, wow. right? Savage. So I end up um, finding the calling, like, whatever the call was for <clears throat> Top Chef. And then that actually got me ahead early, not TikTok or my thumbs or Instagram, but rather a show that exploited chefs very young. And in a way, I have the utmost gratitude for the experience because I was 22, didn't know what I was doing. The only culinary student that was ever on the show, God bless. I'm so embarrassed from those 
years of, you know, young experience, but also so humbled the way that you are by these little gifts that were brought to you along your career path that we often think of the darkness, the hard times, the painful times, um, the times that you were told no. I have so much resentment from my, um, my early years. My agents really tried to mold me or make me into somebody I wasn't because Food Network was so hot when I was just starting out and I was often molded after people that I a Japanese girl does not have anything in common with Giada De Laurentiis, and I absolutely love what she's done, but it's like, why are we always trying to emulate figures into other figures? Why can't mm-hmm. we let people just be themselves? So I think... Yeah. Well, I had executives who were like, say it like Mary Hart. <laughs> Dress like Mary Hart. Do your hair like Mary Hart. No, By don't. The way, I don't. love Mary Hart. She's an icon. And she was like, I was like, bow down to the queen, but I'm different. I'm Maria. Agreed. I'm very different. And I'm also younger. I'm, I have this like yes. completely different like vibe and energy. <clears throat> and so I was and like, I'm going to be me. Yeah. You have this amazing heritage that should be celebrated and not muted along the way. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard when your early years are shaped by a bunch of agents that are old white men that don't know who you are. They just see, you know, at the time it was like a, what was that called? A headshot. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so old now, but I, I really was like, I'm so grateful that the first hosting agent I ever had told me, I don't want you to do anything with Top Chef ever again after the show. I actually wish you were never on it. And so eventually I ended up moving to New York to write my first book with Rodale. And that is where my career just blossomed. But you would have never gotten that book without Top Chef. I doubt it. Do you know what I'm saying? That's why like this agent didn't really know what they were talking about, to be honest. Because first of all, everyone's going to have an opinion. and. They're a dime a dozen, but you got your foot in the door. I would be nowhere if I didn't get to work on Kevin's movie that brought me to channel one news that brought me to entertainment tonight. Everything was a step. And so, and I wouldn't have gotten everything if everything didn't lay out that way. You needed a foot in the door to get some visibility for people to say, Oh, okay. Now the agents unfortunately are not creatives. Yes. And so they're not going to have vision, right? They don't know how to, build a brand. They know how to answer phones, lock deals. That's it. Answer phones, lock deals, lock deals. So their closest vision is going to be copy her and be her. And that's it. So that's where it really takes the strength of you, you to be able to say, well, this is who I am. And you have to forge your path and you have to market yourself to the agent, to everyone. Say, do you have any scripts? I actually found old scripts I would give my agent. (laughs) Say this. And it would be me and Kevin just drafting this stuff up. Say exactly this. Just say this. Because we know what they're going to do. They're going to get on the phone. They're going to be like, okay, they're going to say four things, four words, and then they're going to be off because they have 18,000 clients. They get to roll all these calls. They don't have time to get into the nitty gritty of your everything unless you're one of their highest players. So in the beginning, it's going to be challenging. So you have to like guide the ship and tell them what to say and how to market you and how to sell you. And unfortunately, you're going to be learning along the way and you're not going to do it right all the time. But 
I always was like, oh, I'd rather bet on me than someone who doesn't really know me um, and, and who may not have time to really give me the time with whoever they're negotiating with. So, yeah, I mean, that's just my feeling. I get the path. It's um, bumpy. It's ugly. It's rough. There were dark times and um, challenges, as you know, and I sometimes have to wake up and be like, you know, next year you'll be 40. You started in this industry in your teens and I know you can relate. Mm -hmm. It's almost like where the fuck did the last two decades go? Yeah. And it feels good also because you slowly do taper off from really caring what other people think. Mm -hmm. At this point, I'm like, you either read my work or or you don't. And I, I don't really care because it is for a certain audience that really appreciates that I do deep digging when it comes to self-work. And I, I believe there are a lot of spiritual and wellness and uh, public figures out there that, that truly aren't even living what they preach. Mm-hmm. And I, I just can't imagine telling young girls to go out and do and be and live X, Y, Z if I wasn't doing the work myself. Mm-hmm. So I take like deep responsibility in the fact that I'm not perfect. I have a lot of demons and I've had to face them the last few years, especially during the pandemic, because New York is in my, in the most humble way, it's like doing drugs. It's like this, <laughs> it's this <laughs> island where everything and anything goes and you're on it. You do it, you love it, you live it, and then eventually you will burn out. Mm. And I've heard you guys talk a lot about burnout manifestation, like making it. like. And I love that it's really geared towards the young female sometimes because I know and mm-hmm. appreciate the hard work that you've done, Maria, to put in and you actually show up. And you are here and you have arrived and you're doing your own thing. And mm-hmm. you don't need the agents and the lawyers and the managers to tell you to do X, Y, Z or read this script. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's cool that you've come full circle now and you're doing you. And I think that's one of the biggest blessings in life is when you feel like you can take a breath, a step back, and you don't have to do what everybody is, is you know, trying to make you into somebody you're not. You don't have to do this anymore. You can actually be yourself and celebrate your your culture, your flaws and the darkness in a way because the storytelling is so important. Otherwise, we all look like we're living our best life and yep. we know we're not living our best life. Exactly. Well, two things. One, I will say that I don't know what your demons are. I don't know what your past was, but you have so much light despite right? You come in and you're just light and just, they didn't tarnish you, right? (laughs) Like, I think that they definitely tarnished me along the way. There was a lot of battles along the way. And I remember going to a Tony Robbins seminar and I felt like he wiped off like the windshield. My eyes were windshields and it cleaned it with some good Windex. And I was like, whoa, I can see again. I'm back. But they will get you at some point. It will all wear on you. And um, and so you still have that light, thank God, despite all of that. I will also say that um, uh, that I already lost my train of thought. There was another point I wanted to make about the journey, but oh well. 
<laughs> That's what happens. Oh. It'll come back to you. Was it about the 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 talking about it all and and the the not following what you say? There was something in there. Oh well, it'll come back up again. Um, Kelsey, do you know where my brain was going to go? I'm thinking the only thing that really stuck out to me was maybe her talking about going on the spiritual journey. Was uh-huh. that where you were going to go? No. It'll come back to you. I don't remember. And I knew if I went one way, I was going to forget the other way. <laughs> but the other way, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. This is what happens. Um, we are always looking to figure out how to add kind of new habits into our lives that are going to make things better. At the top of the show, I was telling everybody how the way I incentivize myself to clear out my closet is by thinking I will sell stuff. Because if I'm going to sell it, that means I'm going to make something back, right? So now I have an incentive to get rid of that thing that's been in my closet forever. Um, and and I'm like, oh, I'm going to make something off of it. So now it's not like a loss. You know what I'm saying? So we were talking about different things that um, could be cool for the new year. But, you know, you talk about health and wellness and there's so many things that go into health, right? It's to me, it's, it's physical, emotional, spiritual, mental. There's so much and we need it more than ever. And so how do we kind of get that glow from the inside out? Yeah. I mean, I'm, you pretty much nailed it. Like the skincare routine, the older you get, the more I dedicate myself to the routine, like no makeup on at night, everything comes off. Mm -hmm. I follow What do you do to get your makeup off? I usually, if I, I take a bath every day and I make sure to use a really good cleanser that's going to take off everything. So um, it could be anything from Core Organics. They have a mushroom like milky cleanser to uh, Dam Dam has a really cool uh, Japanese cream cleanser. And when it's all off, I use a serum right away. So Shiseido has an Ultimune serum I put on right away. Japanese beauty is sort of a, a lifestyle to live by mm-hmm. and my mom did not age. She's got what we call mochi mochi cheeks. So they're like, they feel like mochi. Uh-huh. And I suppose Japanese skincare is about healthy skin and not a lot of makeup, mm-hmm. which I love because it seems like that's really the culture that we've all cultivated now is like nobody wants to wear what we used to wear, which look like war paint, but rather you look beautiful with less because you can see the glow naturally. Mm-hmm. So I think um, skin Sleep is probably the most important thing. And if you can make sure to, I really do start my bedtime routine at eight o'clock. Okay. Wait, is that so weird? Does your bedtime routine take a long time? Because I feel like mine takes a long time and what then I'm time getting, getting guilty. Start? What time do you start going to I bed? I mean, I'm trying to get to bed earlier. So like, I think my, my night routine can be like 90 minutes. Like it takes a long time from start to finish. (laughs) And I feel like I have ADD when I'm trying to do my nighttime routine where I'm like, Okay, why is this taking so no, long? No, don't I'm um, don't worry. Remember not to be hard on yourself. I yes. think we we can like let up a little bit. Um get into your PJs around 8. Mm-hmm. Dim the lights. Use your I use like a salt lamp because the lighting is so brilliant at night. It's a like a very soft lamp? soft light. Yes. Okay. I'll have to send you one. Send us a link. We'll put it in the summary of this episode for everyone who wants I a salt lamp. I love them. <laughs> They're supposed to, you know, help to calm the mood. Um, your brain is very good at like shutting down when these lights are all off. No electronic devices. I turn the phone off around eight o'clock, put it away. And then, um, still not good at that. Unfortunately, that, that could be a good tip. You have a beautiful house, dogs, your man, like there's so much 
to surround yourself with. When the phone is off, I feel like I give all to my partner or my cat and I'm Mm. like present for them. And then comes like the nice sheets, like the clean bed, um, making sure that you have a diffuser, having essential oils around that you really love that keep you calm and in a good mood. I do that. Yes. And they, they make you feel good, right? Okay. Can I tell you what I deleted from my routine though? And I wonder if this is just a me thing, but I do my essential oils and I put it on my pillows and all of that. I have an eye mat, like an eye pillow, a lavender eye pillow. And then I was like, is this thing going to be smushing my eyes and making them older faster? (laughs) So I deleted it recently. I did. You know, I'm getting older. Shit's starting to sag a little. uh -uh, I'm not contributing to the sagging. So I stopped doing it. But I really need it. It really helps me. Did you put it on? No, it's like a little pillow goes flat on your eyes. I mean, I use an eye mask to block out light because you do get better, deeper sleep with earplugs and an eye mask. But I make sure, this is so random, I've never actually told anybody this. (laughs) I actually cut the back of the elastic because who wants to sleep? It's too tight. It's always too tight. The Tempur-Pedic ones aren't though. Have you ever tried the Tempur-Pedic with the eye cutouts? (laughs) They have eye cutouts so that your eyes don't get smushed. And then it has like, you know, a little thing and it's Velcro on the back so you can adjust oh my God. it. Yeah. But I don't want to wear I it. Cut mine Kevin does it. And I use like a hair tie and I retie them together. And my boyfriend always makes fun of me because he's like, oh God, it's another one of these like extra elastic ones, Candace. Dead. That's great. <laughs> so it's like looser. Yes, it's loose. Yeah. Who the fuck has that small of a head? I think maybe we have big heads. I have huge head. I heard that anybody when you're on, on TV, camera, exactly. Yeah. Huge head. Boom. Yep. You just said it. Anybody on TV has a bobblehead. Yep. Like I knew I made it when my editor here, Jim, who's gay, fabulous, and been around for like 15 years on the team was like, Candace, your head looks so big now. You have arrived. You actually look like a celebrity now. Dead. And I was like, I guess you're right. Is that like a thing? He's like, oh yeah, it's a thing. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. So everybody, if you don't have a big head, don't even try. Okay. (laughs) Kidding. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so so you cut your thing, you do your oil, you do your mask. Reading. So if mm. usually, there's a sleep doctor actually that I used to work with uh, at Thrive for Ariana's team. And he told me, go into bed and sleep. Don't use the bed for other things. Don't use it for work. I don't necessarily follow that rule. I still type in bed and do books and writing and journals in there. But I sometimes, if I'm not tired yet, because I've been looking at a phone or mm-hmm. a screen or watching a Bourdain docu, I usually am still on. And I, I totally feel you when you're saying it's like hard to shut down. So sometimes reading a book is essential right before to get you very tired. And then I have crystals. I know this sounds so random and spiritual, but they, if I am going through something, I usually hold on to some at night. I wash them. I put them in the sun. I agree with what you were saying earlier about the light. Like no matter how many demons or how much suffering we go through in life and so many beings out there are suffering right now, I try my very best to pray for all of them so that I know I feel grateful when I'm not paying attention or present or aware of how good we have it. Mm -hmm. Like we have it. We have it so good. It's hard for me to put into words to the younger generation, like, just stop already. Like, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. If you're a good person, like, that counts. Mm -hmm. If you're kind to others, that counts. If you 
make time for others. And for, with that said, sometimes I think even just praying for others, even the people that hate me, I try to pray for them as much as I can and change my mindset so that I'm not like a hater and rather I thought maybe forgiveness is my thing for this year, mm-hmm. right? Like I've held on to so much resentment. I'm like, I fucking hate this person or, you know, whatever I'm saying to my boyfriend rattling off at the end of the mm-hmm. day, which nobody knows about. Cause you see me on the today show for like five minutes or judging iron chef. And you think I'm a queen who's clean as a whistle. And then you find out I'm a former party girl and you wonder why I'm in wellness. But the juxtaposition is exactly what this yeah. world needs. Mm-hmm. Like why, why would we want to read somebody's book if they're a goody two shoes their whole life? Like mm-hmm. I like that you party and you're fun and you and your partner work together and you have this amazing dynamic. People don't recognize that sometimes the thing that gets you ahead in this life is actually praying for others, being good to others and being kind. Mm-hmm. Cause there's so few people that are that generous with their kindness Yep. without expecting anything in return. You yep. know, it's like, I don't need anything from you. I promise. I, I just really think you're cool. I volunteer every Saturday at a food bank at a church in Venice. And I, I love it because I can wear my mask and my glasses and nobody knows who any of us are. And it's beautiful. It's like you're just chilling, being a normal person, enjoying giving to others with nothing in return. And That's so cool. It's a little like, exhausting after every Saturday. Like I took this Saturday off because I flew back from New York and wanted a break. But I think at the end of the day, if you can also say to yourself, like, my life is good. I'm grateful for, mm-hmm. you're going to say Winnie or Max, Yeah, <laughs> your health. I mean, you had a journey mm-hmm. and you were a survivor and you are a light for others also. And I think that is one of the greatest gifts that you could be handed, even though it wasn't easy. I know it was God's way of saying like, you exist so that others can exist and know that they can live in light and still get through it. And Mm. you did it on your own. You know, you're not a child of celebrities. Like I believe we're both childs of immigrants. Yeah. And that is interesting and also a blessing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's, um, I think, uh, I think anything that comes our way, I've, I've said it on the show a million times is for our, our, our betterment, our growth, um, to share with others. And some of us, as I've had so many people sit there and they're like, some of us have to take more so that we can help more. We're in that position to help. So we're going to get a few more hits in some ways, by the way, not taking away from the real shit everyone's going through, because I do my gratefulness, grateful list every night to remind myself of all of the great things that happen in the day because we quickly focus on the one bad thing and we forget that there oh was, my God. sometimes I'll, I'll sit there yes. in front of my, I have like a little, um, like a little mantle, my fireplace mantle in my room and I have my, my icons from when I was little, my little like chapel area mm. and I do my prayers every night and I'm like, Oh. oh my God, I forgot this huge thing that happened today because I was so focused on that yes. shit thing that yes. happened. And so it's a really great practice and I wake up with my morning routine and I do my grateful for my baby's moment. So I play with Max and Winnie Yay, and I, I like that. get so happy and I'm like so lucky that I get to have that love moment every freaking morning where Winnie's, you know, grinding in the bed and smushing her <laughs> face into me and digging and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so lucky. I'm in a yes. warm house. Yes. I have like 
my babies. That's all I ever wanted was to have animals. That's literally like well, you, my greatest you dream. Your family unit. Yeah. You know, like you guys are a unit. I totally agree with you on the gratitude for pets. Mm-hmm. I think they are the greatest blessing in this world that we have. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do without animals. And I sometimes feel like we can communicate with them better than people. Yeah. Oh, full on. Weird, right? So did you, you spoke Japanese growing up? So my mom spoke Japanese to my sister and I. She taught Japanese. Um, mm-hmm. She still teaches. God bless her. She's 70 something and she teaches okay. at a Buddhist temple and a high school wow. in San Diego. And um, my dad is Polish. So there was an infusion of all three cultures, Japanese, Polish, and American. Got it. Did you speak both languages or a little bit of both? A little bit of Japanese, but my sister and I were hardcore, like mostly me too. I was a tough little one. I was like, I'm American. I'm going to speak English. Like, I don't want to learn Japanese anymore. (laughs) To my mom, when I was in second grade, she says, when you are older, don't tell me you are going to regret this. And I remembered. Oh my God, I love her. She is like, she. if anybody, it's it's for you too, right? A genius is just somebody with an incredible mother. Oh, I like that. I, I know. I could tear up just knowing that your mother was a incredible human oh, being. Yeah. Like you can just tell because that's why mm-hmm. you're a genius. It can't be these outside mm-hmm. Like it can't be learned. It has to be from the mom. Mm -hmm. And she was totally right. I regretted it tenfold. I had to cover the Olympics this last year. And I was like, I'm going to polish up. I'm going to learn. I've always been a little bit embarrassed that I haven't. I think when I was little, I I was told that I was dumb and I believed it for Mm. so long. So I never really embraced Japan until... I think I started writing Kintsugi Wellness because it's shameful to only be half in certain countries. And oh, yeah. Japan is like one of those. And although that's an old way of thinking, they didn't really open up the idea of mixed children until this last year with like Naomi Osaka. And it was... really Yeah. I saw... I remembered when we were little, it was like shameful in a way to only be half and yeah. to not be pure. Yep. And... How weird. Well, I know only because being Greek American. Yes. um, When we went to Greece, I was hosting Eurovision. Do you know Eurovision? Yes. Okay. So a Greek, um, Elena Paparizou won Eurovision. (laughs) So then Greece got to host Eurovision. So they asked me, they sent this request for me to come host Eurovision in Greece with this famous Greek singer named Saki Surabas. How cool. And I was like, okay, cool. And when I got there, I'm like at the airport and paparazzi is interviewing me. And like the fact that I could speak Greek, they went bananas. They're like this, like, cause you know, it's like, oh, those American kids, the Greek American kids or whatever. They didn't think I was like Greek, Greek. And I'm like, I can read, I can write, I can speak. It was my first language. And my dad actually was so tough. He wouldn't let us speak English. He goes, I, he would say in Greek, I don't understand what you're saying. Oh my God. And we would get so annoyed. I'm like, come on. Do you but have a brother or sister? I have a bro- younger okay. brother too. Oh, so he cute. pushed it and pushed it, thank God. Um, but when they heard me speak, that's when they like embraced me because they're like, oh. And then they knew like, 
I mean, I loved like Greek singers and Greek movies and they just got such a kick out of me because they're like, oh my God, here's this like little Greek girl in America that is like obsessed with these like old timer singers that like my dad liked. The, the young <laughs> so generation cute. in Greece doesn't like them, but I do. And then, so I understand like once they like knew that about me, they embraced me. Yes. I don't know if I, if I didn't speak, if they would have had that connection with me. So I get it. So interesting. I I think they have seen the kind of work that I have tried to do mm. to be the bridge. So my mother and I are essentially messengers. Um, interesting. My mother's side of the family were postmasters during World War II. Oh, wow. They were 100 miles away from Nagasaki when the bomb dropped. They um, survived war and World War II was brutal for Japan. And they were brutal as well. Um they say that you were able to feel the lineage of your ancestors up to about five generations out. So something in me kept saying, I'm, I'm quite annoyed with the landscape of wellness. Because when I started writing cookbooks, I was like, why are all these people that are just hanging out like on Instagram or whatever, like writing in this area? Like I better find a way to differentiate myself. And so I went to Japan and started studying with the monks. And I think um, I work with a news network in Japan called NHK. And I knew it was special because I, I don't think they particularly would have greenlit any project that had to do with an American who was Japanese. But I, I really believe that Naomi Osaka was able to break <clears> the <throat> barrier for those of us who are mixed. And we had to say, dude, we're... There's another uh, pitcher named Yu Darvish who plays for the for San Diego, who's also mixed. It's like we're we're cool too, you know. <laughs> like we're not. There's nothing wrong with we us. We are. That's it. We just are. Absolutely. Yeah. And I cannot change that I am half. I cannot change that my mother is Buddhist and my dad's Christian. I cannot change my full name is very long because it's Japanese and Polish, but I use, you know, my mother's last name for work because I What's the full name, Cher? Candice Kumai Gwizdowski. Whoa. It's very long, 11 letters. And I could not use it because my modeling agent as a kid was <clears> like, <throat> well, what's your mother's last name? And Kumai was born, you know, mm -hmm. it was already my middle name and my mother's maiden name and my grandmother's last name, actually, because my grandpa took... My grandma's last name, interestingly enough. Interesting. But yeah, the Japanese were a beautifully enriched culture that was protected from outside sources because they closed the country for so long. They did not let anybody in. Occasionally, the Portuguese or the Dutch were able to come in through the port of Nagasaki, which is why it was a huge target to be bombed. Um, it was an interesting place to come from. While on the other side of the world, my father's father, my grandfather was a POW. He fought for the Poles and he was captured by the Russians and he escaped off a moving train in the middle of the night with a few other men. And if he didn't, you know, that's why I'm like the word survivor keeps coming up to me because it's like you don't know what you have in you until you fucking know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when yep. somebody throws you to the gauntlet, you know what you can achieve. And I think we we have it so easy if we're just mad about, you know, a book deal or a gig here or commercial or yep. um, think about 
having to escape off a train. The real stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. that's gnarly. So the Japanese um, heritage kept coming up and I said, wow, there's really nobody leading in this space. I don't want people to learn from things that are washed or contrived or culturally appropriated. I know that word or that phrase comes up quite often and it's like, well, I must share where we come from, which is why I work with brands like Shiseido, Suntory, NHK World, L in Japan, Vogue in Japan. Um, we have a different story to tell. They have strict rules. Mm -hmm. They're very different from the Americans. They are meticulous with detail. And I think... Um, I hope that you can go or you have gone one day. I haven't. I'm dying to go. It. You will just, <clears throat> Maria, they, and they will love you too, especially because I think that you are more special because you have this Greek heritage that you've celebrated. And I feel very sad that a lot of people don't share where they come from. Mm -hmm. I virtually, to my face once, <clears throat> we were shooting for a big magazine in Japan with an American crew and the stylist virtually said to my face, I don't really care about my Polish heritage and like walked away from me. And I, oof, I mean, it, it actually hurts. Cause I was like, what the fuck did you just say? You know, in my head, I, I was like, you should be really proud about where you came from. You should learn about your ancestor's story. You should learn about where your roots are because as Frederick Douglass once said, a tree without roots is like somebody who doesn't even fucking know themselves. Mm. He didn't say the F word, but I'm just saying that is obviously <laughs> something of importance to each of yeah. us because we each have a different story to tell. And that's what makes me different. And mm -hmm. I, it took me so long to embrace it. I was so ashamed, embarrassed, felt guilt, felt, you know, every, all those things that we all feel. Yeah especially when we're kids of, of immigrant parents that are like oh, yeah. proud, oh, yeah. <laughs> like your dad. <laughs> yeah. So wait, so you went and studied in Japan. So what are like the secrets that you learned for everything, health, wellness, skin, beauty, that we may not be aware of and need to be aware of? Very good question. I think um, the Japanese are very modest. So less is way more. You're not really supposed to speak out loud. You're supposed to be very poised and very polite. Manners are huge. I've often seen um, in New York where I love New York. It's like my ride or die. Like I told you guys, it's my drug of choice. And I will always be a New Yorker at heart. But I, the subway thing, it's like people, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, you're out for yourself there. And I love it. I've never done it in New York <laughs> and I never will. Ever. I might take you one, one time. I did it in Maria. Boston. It's growing up a few times. It is fun. I refuse. Okay, so in Japan... Oh my God. It's now, like terrifying to me. The complete juxtaposition is, is there is a line in Japan for the subway and the train and you wait. And when it is 11.04 and the hikari is taking off to go from Tokyo to Kyoto... You will be on that train and the doors will close at 11.04. They are timely. They stick to manners. They stick to rules. I had one letter in Gwizdowski misspelled on my uh, JR rail pass. And the woman made me wait at the office for like 30 minutes to change the letter. Oh, I'll do the trains. in a, Like we did them in Italy. Yes. I'm great there. No, thank you, New York. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. What are the tips from Japan? Okay, so also with beauty, less is definitely more. I always tell people do research on these ethnic brands, especially if they're claiming to be Japanese. Shiseido, for instance, turns 150 next year. That is a legacy brand. There is a reason why they've adapted to change through the years. They are the just epitome of Japanese beauty, like the authority. And I highly recommend to people to do research on these clean brands, these new brands, even if it's at Sephora, if they say they're authentically something, they may not be. So that is, as a journalist, it's important Mm -hmm. for me to share that with people because I've been in the beauty industry for so long and I feel that a lot of people are just telling people what they want to hear and selling snake oil. And it's like, is it effective? Is it a good product? I do a lot of research on the beauty brands that I like to share and promote or even the girlfriends that I'm friends with in the industry And I know for a fact that a lot of them do heavy research in science. And in Japan, a lot of their beauty is based off of science Um, when it comes to food. Ooh, before you go to food. Yes. Do you have, like, remember the app that we were using to see if... Think Dirty or... Yes, I've heard of this. um, EWG. Exactly. Yeah. Are those good? Um, Are those good guides? The Environmental Working guide, I think is what it stands for. That one is good. I know that. And I think EWG. Yes. And I think think Kelsey, text me. I got to remember to download that one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You should compare all of your products that you have and see sometimes. That's what we did like a year and a half ago. We were looking at things and I was like, oh man, I, I got to lessen my toxicity load. And so that's when I started doing more clean beauty and looking at things. That is so beautiful. And speaking of my friend, Indy Lee, she created a beauty line. Love her stuff. Right. The strawberry cleanser is amazing, but she also had a brain tumor. No way. And I have been dying to connect you to. Oh, yeah. Great story. She created the line because of her surgeries. Interesting. So it was funny. I actually talked to someone after I had brain surgery. Yes. And I was like, you know what? I really want to start a, a clean beauty line because we're putting so many toxins yes. on ourselves. There's no way that it doesn't have any kind of effect and whatever. And I mean, this person's amazing and I love them, but they were like, no, that's the craziest, most hardest idea ever. It's not. And of course, guess what? Soon after, all you're seeing is an explosion of this. And I was like, oh, (laughs) well, Well, you're gifted. Clearly, it wasn't wasn't for me to do because if I really wanted to do it, I would have done it. I wasn't going to let one person maybe sway me, although this person has a billion dollar beauty line. So I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to this advice. maybe that's why they also said that, Maria. No. I listened to your mom's advice when she said that when you grow up and you're a pretty girl and you have an offering to the world, there are other girls that 
see that. And I mean, I can imagine that we have so much in common. It's hard to be friends with girls that you know somehow change down the line when they see your success. Mm. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm still Candace G from sixth grade, the biggest dork that used to play dress up and do voices with you. You know, we'd play whatever TV show or whatever. Like, remember when you had the hand camcorder mm-hmm. and you'd play? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but some stuck around and some didn't. And I, I totally get that the path is different for everyone, but I agree that always choosing to be the light and to take the high road, even when things get fucking difficult, especially with girlfriends, you are supposed to let some people go along the way. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't think you're supposed to be friends with everyone, but I think sometimes people give you different advice because it's true that they could be trying to lead you down a different path. Mm, But we talk about that here a lot. I don't think that was the case in this situation. I think that person really thought it was a nightmare and was really giving us advice. But, um, cause my gut's pretty good about that stuff. But like I said, if I really wanted to do it, I would have done it. I just, I think I had a different kind of path. It doesn't mean I'm still not going to do it. Um, or that I can't do it, but, um, and you, yeah. You absolutely should if it's your calling because you have a great story. There's a reason why you wanted to change your beauty routine. And it is true. Like even in Japan, like they're not perfect. Their products are not all clean. Mm -hmm. Um, There is, I think we used to have this joke in New York that like, is your hair dye clean? Is your mascara clean? And the answer was always no, because there's no good mascara. Oh yeah. Waterproof. Um, what's our, 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 we like Ilya's. No. Is Ilya waterproof? No, the green one. Oh, uh, Thrive, but I don't know Thrive. if Thrive's clean. I, I think Thrive? Thrive is clean. Of course it is. Wait, clean with mascara? Look it up right now. Yeah. I'm not That's what I've been using sure. because I'm, my Thrive favorite, mascara? It's I like, amazing. I like the Honest Beauty mascara. Oh, I haven't clean. tried either of these. Phenomenal. I mean, I just Thrive think... comes off with hot water. It becomes like, a, um... It, it just like melts off. <laughs> I really like it. I think that. Um, an old... I mean, listen, L'Oreal is the best mascara ever on the planet. But my lashes go all the way up to like my hairline. But um, but I really was switching everything over. I mean, and I've seen a difference. I've in, definitely seen a difference. I suppose that the biggest um, one-liner to remember in wellness is like do what works for you. Mm-hmm. Like I hate it when people say this is the way and yeah. this is the only way or they give like shit advice. And I'm like, I honestly have learned in the years, like advice isn't really a thing. People should give you options. They should listen to you and then they should share their experiences. Yeah. And when you hear those, you get options and then you can go from there. But well, everything works differently for everybody. Well, everyone's got different hair yes. texture. Everyone has different skin texture. Absolutely. So you have to take the advice and try it, but don't think like it's always going to work exactly the same because we're different. Absolutely. And my skin is not my mother's skin. I have, my dad has rosacea. My sister and I both had acne. My mother has like, prime perfect Japanese skin. She's different genetics. You know, it's like, I'm not going to use what she uses and God bless her because it's like, I don't know how Japanese women have that glow naturally, but I think it's a a cultural Wait, you thing. did it. You did the research. What do they do? Okay, they, <laughs> Good question. Because I have a friend, her mom, Meredith's mom, I mean, she used this pearl dust. 
Is it Japanese? Yeah. Okay. For the years, and she would not products. age this woman. Incredible products. Was she Japanese? No. Okay, so she just but she used loves Japanese. She's like acupuncture queen. She just loves a lot of that stuff. Very She's smart. good for her. <laughs> um, so they cover up. So they use umbrellas and they use gloves, mm. even when they're driving. I know. I gloves. need to do the gloves thing because it's going to get bad soon. Total. I'm with you. Um, Shiseido makes different lines of SVF, and they do heavy research with science again. And they protect and slather that shit everywhere. Um, and then when I was growing up, I always thought it was weird that my aunt wore gloves driving. I was like, what the hell is she doing? Mm-hmm. So I started going there when I was five. Like much like you parents were good. They took us everywhere. They took us back. I noticed um, my grandmother used like all different kinds of serums and products. And when she was passing, this is very sad, but also kind of funny, the women in the hospital like would come over and whisper to me because my grandma was 96 and they're like, your grandmother has the most beautiful skin. And I was like, she's a beauty connoisseur. You know, she couldn't get the products out of her house because it was a culture there. So they use all different products that are based and backed by science usually. And they stay out of the sun They eat a tremendous amount of like sea vegetables versus Mm. like a green salad, which is very unique. Sea vegetables are typically like hydrating and they have different vitamins and nutrients in them. Like the algae and the seaweed. Yeah, it's good for, I would say for for the, speaking for the culture, they have a ton of salt. Miso, she's, or uh, not, she said koji miso, what else? Um, Soy sauce. These things have an incredible amount of sodium that we have to kick back on. So high blood pressure is their biggest drawback. They walk everywhere. There's no driving. My mom used to tell me, you know, don't take a taxi cab because it's only for rich people. And I was like, okay. Like every time I went. That's funny. (laughs) It's great advice. My mom and I should write a travel guide together one day. An audio book version. I'm going to give it to you. (laughs) You're going to love it there. But the, I think the main thing is, is that they genuinely care about their health and they incorporated things like Shinrin, Shinrin Yoku into the culture. That means forest bathing. Oh, I love forest bathing. Yes, I did yes, that. It's yes. amazing. Around 1982, they incorporated this. Explain that to everybody because I did an episode on this a long time ago, amazing. right? After surgery, I amazing. think it was incredible. Yeah. I'm, I'm like blown away that we finally get to meet because I have watched you on TV for so long. It's amazing. Because you're so freaking relatable and cool. Like, I'm Thanks. I'm so grateful for that. It's like you didn't change. Thank you. you know, you're still you. Oh, and that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> for better or for worse. The, there you go. And I asked also, my husband at a party recently. I go, honey, <laughs> do I make a fool out of myself at parties? And he goes, why? And I go, well, I just jump on everyone, tell them I love them. And I'm just like, ah! so happy and he goes no he's like that's you he's like if you didn't do that I think people would be weirded out I'm like okay cool (laughs) right I think people really do especially in this town I think they when they become a celebrity I think some people change or they feel that they have to change and I'm like you should be as dorky as you were in sixth grade Mm -hmm. you know like and weird and funny and why not you know it's always a pleasant surprise um but I think that uh, the forest bathing was implemented into the Japanese government as like a healthcare routine for the public in 1982. So they basically made it a practice that the Japanese recognized. So it is observing, 
walking, gazing in nature. It could be a forest. It could be out in, you know, even in an oasis, like say you go to Palm Springs and you go to one of those palm tree oasises. It's just being imbued in nature, smelling the oxygen, feeling the sunshine. When you see a flicker of the light between the trees, it's called komorebi. And we acknowledge this light. There are many untranslatable words from Japanese to English that we have to explain, like kintsugi, golden repair. There is no word for that in English. So Shinrin Ryoku became our anthem. And we share it with the world because we think that the impact of being able to breathe in oxygen and see the moss and feel the rock and without hiking, like forget about hiking, just take it out of the equation. It's just an observing of nature for as little or as long as you would Mm -hmm. like. But what I remember, and I'm going to botch a few facts here, is that it was it was after the industrial revolution. Yes. And there were paths that people would go on and it would help them with their cancer. It would and, and it was the the um the drops from I don't know if it was maple trees. Was it sap or Yeah, it was like a sap yes. from some tree, oak trees, I think yes. it was, that actually lowered um was it stress levels and some other kind of level health wise. And what they would do is they would test your blood at the bottom and then at the top, and then they would register that as a cancer walk. Yeah, that's what they I learned about forest bathing. Look, we'll find the episode and we'll go back because it actually is helpful for cancer. So after I learned this, I go, Mom, we have 60 acres in Connecticut. I go, Mom, sit under the friggin' tree. We have one, sit under it all day. So I, I was FaceTiming with her one day. Aww. Okay, Maria, I'm here. And I'm Aww. like, don't move for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you in a couple years. Oh, your yeah. mother, God bless her. So, but yeah, That's it was, it so was one sweet. of those things. And I, I think it would, um, I'm so mad. I can't remember the exact thing, but we did it in Monrovia here. Yes. I took our whole team and we went forest bathing. It was the most beautiful experience. So the guide takes you and he gives you different invitations and he says, you know, touch a tree that you connect with. Okay, find a leaf, find a this. And so we're doing all this stuff. And at the end, we ended at this like rock area with waterfall. And yes. so we we sat on a rock, we meditated. By the time the meditation was over, he had like tea and cookies out and we're looking at the moon and it was so beautiful. And we're like, are we going to get eaten by bears and mountain lions with our eyes closed? Perhaps, Maybe. but let's do it. This is the way to go. And as we walked back, um, we saw the the city from like way up high and I felt like I was being electrocuted after being in this like just nature environment and then seeing that it was like, oh my God, we live in that just grid of electricity. It's so intense. No wonder we're all so anxiety and crazy. So um, I think even just saying this, I need a a more consistent forest bathing experience plan. Maybe once a month forest bathing. Maria, bring it into your routine and then maybe commit to trying the earlier bedtime and and connect them. Mm. And then the other element that I wanted to bring up, which I know everybody does, it kind of annoys me at this point to the point where people are going to bring up meditation no matter what. But just like you said earlier, I had a great day yesterday. It was like amazing, like went to work out, went to bed, bath and beyond. And then an altercation happened in the parking lot and it ruined my entire day. I can't focus on all these amazing things that I have coming my way 
because I'll always, I will always let the one thing bother mm-hmm. me. So I do want to let people know <clears throat> they're not alone when they do that. It's like, when somebody doesn't get back to me, I'm like, they must hate me. I did something wrong. Yes. What did I do? Yes. Rack my brain all day. What could I have possibly I done? Do too. I know it's we all do. Kelsey, we talk thing. about it. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure she's just busy, but yeah. it's so bad. Yeah. I torture myself. Yeah. So this morning I woke up at five because I'm on New York time from working coast to coast and just got back in on Thursday. So I meditated and when I went out Um, I go on my patio, I have a pillow and a blanket, and then I just lean up against a wall because I'm not one of those people that wants to sit the whole time straight up. And before I knew it, because I really needed a mind eraser from the day before and to ask God um, just to grant serenity into my life and peace. And it was an hour. And when you start getting into it, you can start with five minutes a day and then go up to 10 then to 20, and then the 30-minute mark is going to be your killer. I don't know how it happens. It went by in an instant. And I don't know if it's, they say in science, it's correlated to releasing stress, Mm -hmm. you know, helping you to breathe, slowing your heart rate, actually helping to anti, you know, age. I, I mean... If that's true, I mean, maybe that's why Dr. Andrew Weil or Deepak Chopra like look so amazing. Mm-hmm. They, and they have amazing electrifying personalities still. And that is, it could be a side effect of meditation. But I know, like I said, those demons, they're not going to go away until I do the work. And instead of just being a, I want to say... a person who is not aware of their contributions to the world. Like you and I could sit and do clickbait all day on social, but I would rather invest in healing and doing deep work and then writing about it or speaking about it because I know we're both good at those mediums and actually figuring out a way to change the way that I think about these everyday nuisances that Mm -hmm. get into our way. Like, why did I let, I must've talked about the story that happened yesterday in the parking garage, like 30 times to my team and my boyfriend. And by then they were like, can we talk about something else? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And And then I was like, Oh God, I just acted like a 20 year old again. And I, sometimes don't understand where that comes from. So then the next few days, like today, I was like, I'm so happy that I get to speak to Maria. And it's so nice to meet somebody else who's a public figure that has the same sort of like, you know, this person must not be getting back to me because of X, Y, Z. I didn't hear back from their email. They didn't write back Mm -hmm. to my text. It's like crazy how your mind can take you to these dark or almost like personal suffering places and spaces. So the goal may be, I am not enlightened. I'm not perfect. I am not a spiritual figure. I'm not a god, a goddess, none of that. In fact, in the new book I write with Audible, I'm, I'm doing an, a, an original. 
And I do want you to know, because I, I remember hearing about your Boss Babe um, collab that you're writing. Oh, yeah. And I was excited. And I was like, oh, my God, she has the same fears that I do. Yeah. It is. You think that writing book seven, like, is Oh, my God. Is easy. Seven? Well, I... Like I said, we both are byproducts of Dave Z and his team. And also when I was an editor at Shape, like you were on every magazine cover, (laughs) you and your abs. (laughs) That's right. I know. I did so so many. Maria, they were so hot. Like we were like, this chick is banging. (laughs) You know, that's seriously, we would say that all the time. But (laughs) (laughs) there's Kelsey Kelsey just cracking up. Okay. But it was like, you would think it would get easier yeah. It gets harder. Like, I don't yeah. even know how to explain to young girls how to be a better person. I'm like, how do I put this daily practice or what I believe or feel or am enlightened by? And usually it's travel, it's volunteering, it's seeing the people at the church or the temple or the Buddhist, you know, in the Buddhist practice at the temples in Japan. It's shit that I'm not going to share on social media and I've got to figure out how to like tie it up into a bow and write about it. And my journey is so, it's, I mean, the writing that I did about four chapters, they sucked. I mean, I got, I don't even know if I'm supposed to talk about this, but it was so hard to get an email that made me feel like a child again, like feeling dumb once again. From an editor. Yeah. Yeah. It was like. And, and yeah. lo and behold, I hear it from every single one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're just doing their job and God bless them. Yep. But it does bring me back to that space of feeling dumb, young. And, I, and I'm like, Candace, my boyfriend was telling me, he's like, you, you basically got served and now you, you're going to step up and push yes. harder. Every, listen, every time they count out Tom Brady. How many years? He's old. It's over. Yeah. Whatever. He'd come back and have a perfect season. He'd come. I'm like, guys, you're just firing up the dragon. Like, here you go. It's coming. And it's like, that is the greatest thing you could do to somebody who's an overachiever. Fuck with them. Uh, Tell them they suck because uh, they're going to come back harder. Uh, I know we're getting older and we're getting more tired as we go. I was sitting. I had the best. The truth. You know this story. It's like a typical story. Had a dinner with two agents, like had a blast, actually drank a glass of champagne, which I rarely do anymore. Surprise. Um, and I leave and I, and I get that email in a cab going back to my hotel. And I was like, fuck from them, from the editor. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Oh, I'm like, they were too scared to tell you. In no, person. no, 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 no. That would be so yeah. fucked okay. up. Did you hear the story of my first book? No. Oh yeah. They told me they my they call my lawyer. My lawyer called me. My lawyer is like my brother. And he, they go, he goes, okay. I talked to the publisher. Are you writing a good book? Or are you writing a bad book? Oh, no. Cause they said you're writing a bad book. And I go, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm 20 something years old. I don't yes, know, 24. Yes. I've never written a book before. I never thought a girl from Medford, Mass could write a book. I didn't even know this was possible. Now I'm writing a book and I, I don't know. I, they're the experts. So clearly I'm writing a shit book. Okay. And then I said, well, let me think about this for a second. So I was like really rattled. And I said, let me send a few chapters out to some people and see. So I sent it to like my choir sisters from where I grew up and, you know, some old teachers and just like, women who I would think the book would be for, you know, and I think the, the publisher had this vision of me doing like a hair and makeup kind of book, like a celebrity kind of book or whatever. And 
that wasn't me. And I, it was just happening. It was just whatever. I, I sat with Kevin at the mall. We wrote, I, I said everything that I was passionate about sharing, made the little chapters and started doing it. Okay. So I got feedback from them. I said, please be honest. Cause I don't embarrass myself. And they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love this. And I'm like, really? This is helpful? They're like, yeah. So I call back and I said, listen, I'd rather fail on my own accord than fail listening to them and then hate myself more. So I'm going to go with what I got. Okay. And they had told me, because I was just, I was a correspondent at Access Hollywood at that time. And I said, um, you know, they said, don't even think about New York Times. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, don't even set yourself up for that kind of expectation. Lo and behold, they had to call me. I was number three in the toughest category, they said, which was advice. And I said, oh, I didn't even know I wrote an advice book. Perfect. Number three. And then I was on it for 12 straight weeks or something like that. Wow. And they had to call me every week to tell me that I was still on the list. And it was awesome. But you got to do what's in your heart and you use you use the criticism to like make sure you're in the right place and, or maybe like step up your game or whatever. But, and then they were like, okay, we're going to do the cover. I'm like, I already shot the cover. And so I shot the cover in my front yard here. My friend helped make the signs. I did my hair and makeup. We made the cover. I go, this is my cover. Boom. Um, so yeah. Um, I guess I wrote a good book and the ever girl's guide to life right there. The Um, one on the left. I thought that was shot in the front yard. I wasn't sure. And P.S. Um, they then gave that book to every celebrity and said, make your version of this, copy this. Because Jessica Alba, when I interviewed her, she said, you know, they gave me your book and said, just make your own version. Right. And I was like, oh no, I didn't. And then I saw Molly Sims and Lauren Carter, like everyone was writing these lifestyle books after. Maria, that's amazing. I like, so my bad book then just went on and made them lots of money with everybody else too. I did (laughs) not know that. And I mean... It's a great story though, especially because we doubt ourselves all the Mm -hmm. time. We get down on ourselves. My friend Rosie's writing her first book. It comes out soon. She said that she also got the the big email where it's like, "Um, I'm sorry, you need to start all over again. Like this sucks. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel that I need to hear these things because when we are overachievers, like I sometimes wonder if everyone's just saying, yes, ma'am. Like, is everybody just telling me that I'm so great all the time because I want to hear it and they know I want to hear it. And is it good sometimes to hear the truth? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because otherwise I, I think I just got so focused and this is a hard thing for us right now is like there's TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, our website, our podcast, mm-hmm. all the shows, the appearances, the Olympics, you know, all the interviews you do for all of your mm-hmm. friends, the other podcasts that you do for your friends, the regular writing, the columns, the phone calls, the emails, the DMs, the tweets. It's hard to really keep up sometimes. And so I think I was so focused on staying relevant that I forgot that I needed to really sit down again and write because I usually tell people like, don't talk to me for six months and I just go to town. I mean, those were the Daisy, like George years in Mm -hmm. New York. I was like, nobody talked to me. I would virtually say that to my friends and then I would write. And I don't do that anymore because I feel like I don't want to miss out on life. It's really hard to now. Like the game has changed so much, so much. But you got to do what you really believe. And then you have to have people who are honest with you. Like we've had um, people on this show who I have then pulled aside and said, listen, 
I want to help you because you're going to be writing a book and you're going to be on this journey and you're going to be interviewed by people. You're so brilliant, but you're so up here that it's hard to get to here. We got to get you to here so people can connect, right? And if you're listening to this, just imagine I'm waving Ray up high and then I'm going down to the middle. Okay, we're in the middle. Um, and then... Um, like I'll always give people honest advice cause I want them to give me honest advice. So you have to have people who are going to be honest with you, mm-hmm. especially if it's stuff you don't want to hear. And, um, and if you have that, then you're going to be fine. Like I know Kevin's going to be the first one to tell me my shit sucks. He's going to say this sucks. Let me fix it. And I'm like, thanks, honey. <laughs> that was oh. like, that was the process with the first book I would write. At like midnight after my day was over at work. Yeah. And then I would write and then I'd, you know, put it in the in the thing and be like, wake up the next morning. He goes, This is shit. This sucks. And I'm like, what? I'm like, that was amazing. I thought that was incredible. And I really did. And <laughs> he would help. Yeah. Because after. well, because me, I'm like pooping it all out. Whatever's coming into my head, I'm pooping it out onto the page. And so, okay, he can kind of structure the meats there, just reorganize it. Yes. I love that word because that's exactly what I call like an editorial consultant. It's just an organizer. Like Like fix it. it Like when I do an Instagram post, poosh, here's the thought, make it pretty, put all the tags, make it clean. If I overdid, just, yeah, here's the intent. It it is (laughs) so hard with all of the noise now to go back to those days where you were just like, I wish I would have... um, enjoyed the pre Instagram days Mm. because I was just writing books in New York, poor teaching cooking classes, barely made rent. My roommate would spot me some months and I would always pay her back. But I taught cooking classes at Brooklyn kitchen and wrote for like health magazine or prevention or shape just to make rent. And then, um, judged on all the shows for free. Like everything was unpaid. Most people ask me to, they're like, wow, you're in TV. Like you must be rich. Like my path was really, hilarious, really dirty. It was like, I'm pretty sure the, the people around me that judged Iron Chef might've been getting paid and I, I didn't get paid. I'm not positive, but I have a gut feeling about it. And it was because I was young and hungry and I really wanted Mm -hmm. to make something of myself. And I tried, I tried so hard to, become the person I am today. And I didn't even need to try. I realized, you know, like it will happen with time, but you have to give it the grace and the education and and the, I suppose the lessons that make you rich in character Mm -hmm. because the bank, it is like transactional. And I did really appreciate that you, you and Kevin both, invested in your own production companies as well. Mm -hmm. Most people don't do that because it's like, you're putting so much into it, including your own money. Yeah. And I never, much like you, like I don't have investors. I don't have a rich man. I don't have like, you know, somebody paying my shit for me. I don't have parents that are like, here's a hundred thousand, sweetie. Great job, honey. You are great. Here's a trophy. I I had parents that were like, why don't you go pay your bills? My dad's like, did you call your tax man this week? Don't forget about your social security. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, what no, but the it's fuck? the best thing they did for you. You're right. It's the best thing ever. Cause the ones who had it, honestly, like I, I feel so bad for kids who have it all because they're so lost and they're so depressed because they have nothing to look forward to. 
nothing. They've gotten it all given to them. And when you've given, gotten it given it to you, yes. there's a resentment that comes with that too. So at least we got, we have nothing. You got to figure it out. And we figured it out. So we got the gift of being able to figure it out. And now we know we can figure it out. Yes. And we know no matter what happens, we're going to figure it out. They don't. So this is when I did speeches for like first generation kids. I'm like, guys, we have a training that they will never have those rich kids and nothing against rich kids. But so they get other things. We got other things, right? Very true. It's, it's, it's an exchange. It is. Yeah. So and if for it's me, not I'm like, one thing, it's another, you know, that you... We uh, got a hard training. Like when I, I remember yes. one speech, it was like, you know, boxers, when they box um, to get ready for all the hits they're going to get, they will punch them in the stomach till all the nerve endings like die. So you don't feel it. They'll just punch, 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 punch. And so I'm like, my nervings, my nerve endings have been gone forever. You can't hit me. You can't take me down. Like, I'm not going to go down because I've gotten yes. hit so many friggin' times. Yes. These other kids, they get one hit, they're out. They're gone. <laughs> they don't know how to stand up after. They don't know how to get back up. So there's a fighter in us because of our parents. Now, you talk about your parents. I'm like, I've been taking care of my parents yes. since I was 22 or 23. Financially took over everything. To, to So it's like... There was a whole other burden on my hands for yes. for everything, but I'm grateful that I was able to take all the hits, do all the things that I did in my career, and do right by my parents and take care of them. And so I've recently come to the appreciation of I'm really good in crisis, and I'm really yes. good at taking care of people, and I've got a whole special set of skills, like Liam Neeson. I got a special set of skills. And so I wouldn't have those if, um, if I didn't have all of that. So, you know, you thrive in chaos. I actually survive it and thrive it. Yes, yes. that's for sure. It's a, it's a beautiful blessing and a curse <clears throat> sometimes at the same time. Yeah. I was like praying. I'm like, can we just take a break on? <laughs> can we take a little break? A lot of growth. I know. Can we just have a break from growth? I'm, I'm okay being at this level for a second. Well, I mean, it's so good that you have this. And I'm glad that we met through the Sprouts <clears throat> event because it was like, it was just an intro, like a little snippet of yeah. what we do for professional work every day. But like, it's not really that, that 30 minutes or whatever it was not really who we are. It is, but it's like, there's no way that we would be able to share so much of ourselves. The beauty of podcasting, I think has been, it like takes away that fucking wall. Mm -hmm. Like when we're on those professional sets, sure, you can like nudge a host <clears throat> and laugh about something, but you can't ever, you're never going to have a chance to really be yourself yeah. and like... I appreciate these conversations because they remind us that we're all human at the end of the day. We're not wired to be perfect. And you're right. I often have resentment in my heart for like not having a ton of money in the bank or having a family that's like helping me with every step of the way. And I, I used to get really bummed out about it actually. And I don't talk about it that often, but I think when my therapist asked me to do a resentment list, it was so long. Mm. I was embarrassed. And a lot of it had to do with people that I thought that stopped me from opportunities that I really felt like Would I should have, have taken. Yeah. Oh, I have so many Don't of take this show. It'll never go to air. Sure enough, it went to air for 10 fucking years. Don't do that. Don't sign this. And it's all good, right? Like, Well, the path is the path. 
I think it's just written. There's, there's certain things that happened to me where people mm. specifically took me out of equations I was already in because of, I don't know, insecurities, jealousies, whatever. And it would have exploded me on levels that you can't even imagine. Yeah. I believe it. They didn't happen. A lot of them. But had they happened, I don't know if I would have been ready. Very good. Very good. Or, uh, the perspective on that mm -hmm. is so important. I agree. There's no way mm -hmm. that I, I might have gone to my head. Totally. Not, I might not have been able to handle it all. And then what happens when you can't handle it all? You crumble and then they all lose faith in you. So now you're going to have a shorter journey. Right. So I'm playing the long game. Slow yes. and steady, slow and steady, slow and steady. And I'm shifting with the shifts and I'm moving with the moves and doing whatever it is. But yeah, it's, um, it's not easy for anybody. Everyone has it. So we have to just keep remembering that everyone has a sucky journey. Yes. Period. End of story. Kevin's favorite line is like, we all got fucked. We all got <laughs> fucked. Everybody's in the I got fucked club. Oh my God. It's such a good, that's a great line. So then let's just yes. start from there. Yes. Because we can't be unique in that situation. It's equal. We're all got fucked. So that's it. We just, we start from there. And if we stay so focused on what we didn't have and what we could yes. have had, it's just, it's not a healthy place to be. So, um, the exercise that the therapist had me do was right how I was part of this problem. And I was like, mm -hmm. I fucking got it. And I am triggered all the time. Like little Candace, I had to talk to mm -hmm. her this morning. That's what we talk bar. about on the show all the do time. You, yes, you? because yes. it's our childhood yes. traumas that run the rest of the ride. Yes. I get triggered when I feel like I'm being manipulated or when someone's lying to me. <gasps> First of all, I'm super smart and very intuitive. I know when you're fucking lying to me and I hate it and I want to <laughs> die inside. Oh and my so God. if you're manipulating me, oh my God, there's such a Deep trigger there. I wonder where, do you know, have you done that work to find out where that came from? Yeah, I've okay. done a lot of work. Yeah, I it's see It's little it. Maria. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I lived with a manipulator. I lived with somebody who told me that it was, the sky was pink every every day. Wow. And so I, I, I have like, I have no patience for that human that will literally die before they tell you you're right. Gaslight the shit out of you. Tell you the sky is pink. Tell you that ice cream is, is you know, is chocolate when it's vanilla. Whatever it is. So I, that's my trigger. That's Those crazy. Are mine. I don't care. So I sometimes have to pre-apologize to some people where I'm like, okay, that was just my trigger. Yes, or, yes. Or I get really triggered by this. Oh, you know, like Kelsey will know sometimes. I'm like, guys, I've had a lot of young people work for me and a lot of young people have done X, Y, and Z. So I apologize if I'm assuming you might go in that direction, right? In the beginning as you're oh, kind yeah. of figuring yeah. each other out. I'm like, yeah. okay, no, but because that happened a lot to me, yeah. like all the time. So I tried to, I remember when I went to one job, I told my boss, I said, listen, I've had a real hard experience. So please forgive me in advance if I'm like, if I'm reactive or scared or whatever, because I'm going to assume you're going to do the same shit to me that yeah. they did. Yes. So I try to lay the groundwork down so that at least people know it's not who I am. It's what I've been through. Yes. Um, and until like a trust can be formed, that might help. I totally get it. I think, 
I don't trust a lot of people also, especially in work. I find that the younger generation wants to do what we do, but they're not willing to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And it, it really hurts my feelings when I get that dreaded email that's like, I love you. I think you're so wonderful. You changed my life. But I'm leaving to go, you know, be with my rich parents and mm-hmm. drive my Tesla. And I'm like, oh, my God, another one down. It, you know, it's and it's cool. Like, I'm trying not to take it as personal. Um, my triggers are actually tied to, like, finance because I've been putting money back into my work for I so long. Too. Yeah, it's gnarly. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm so protective over it because I think – it's going to go away. Yep. In New York, they used to make me pay my rent in full for the year up front. So I was like a poor kid in New York all the time because I had to give That's my That's horrible. Ra- it was and it's oh a lot God. too. Yeah. It was my right arm, the top of every contract. Oh, you're wonderful. We love you. Your credit's great. You don't make enough money to live here. So pay the whole year up front. And I never actually shared that with anyone ever. I started thinking, doing the work. Why am I so scared mm-hmm. of money. Shh, terrified. Yes. Yeah, well, because we grew up without it. I mean, I grew up without it. We, at one point, had my uncle delivering groceries at our store because he knew we didn't have food. Mm. So I am terrified of being poor. And then, like I said, I also have everyone to take care of. Yes. So it's not just me. So I don't even have the safety net. I am the fucking safety net. So now, yeah. if something happens, <laughs> then it's like... Oh my God, Maria, yeah. I heard that on... Your podcast, when I was driving over, I heard that and I was like, so many people don't know what that's like. And Mm. that in itself is tremendous. I Mm -hmm. mean, the fact that you were able to do that for so long for so many others, you should feel really good about because not a lot of people understand what it's like to be the breadwinner for everyone. Like that's pressure. And when we were watching you on E!, And on, you know, all the news channels, like reporting, like we didn't, we didn't know that you were doing that. We just thought you were fabulous. And when we were writing at shape, like we just thought you were fabulous. And like this, it never occurred to anybody that you were actually a hustler behind closed doors and you had to actually put food on the table for everyone. I mean, I don't say this often, but I think it's, it's so admirable and that, You should be really proud of yourself. Thanks. I know it's hard to believe it sometimes when you're like, I don't get it. Carrie Annie Nava and I have had this combo. I know. I can't even take it. Kevin was telling me this in Connecticut the other night. We were in bed. He's like, you should be proud of yourself. And he's like trying to fire me up. He's like, you took everyone's best hit. You're still standing. He's like, you did all these amazing things in your career. He's like, and you took care of your parents. And he's like, and you really took care of them. You didn't just pay someone to take care of them. He's like, you really did all the, and it was like. Oh, so I'm like, I'm just starting to soak it in. So thank you. That was really kind. (laughs) And now we're both crying. So fine. (laughs) I mean, same kind of conversation I had with Carrie Annie Naba. She had to tell me to my face that I was incredible and that she had a girl crush on me for years. And I was like... Yeah. Who, me? (laughs) I didn't even need to say it. You knew. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, but I wish more people knew it's incredible if you've grown a following on social in a year or two or three, but it's even more incredible to have lived a life that is worth living and where you can look back and actually say, I made a difference. I helped. I loved. I learned. I was kind. I'm not perfect, 
but I tried my best and I would like to believe that everyone around me is trying their best. And so I think one of the greatest messages we can give to ourselves and also to our youth that follows us is like, please do the work. Please take the time. Dedicate yourself to something wonderful. My mother wasn't the one that chose to be in front of a camera. She shies away from it. As a teacher, she once told me, because her father was an impressionist painter and her sister was in Japan as well, both artists that did very well and had public personas. It usually skips a generation or so. And she said, if you can do something great with your life, why would you not make something of yourself? And I think that's what we were chosen to do without fail and without abandon. And it's not really something we chose, but rather something that chose us. Yeah. And that, that is applicable to any job, right? Like you could be the plumber that just shows up when someone's desperate. Like I was last Christmas (laughs) with two parents with COVID and I'm like, something smells, something smells, something smells. And I know I'm not crazy. And a pipe had burst underneath and there was a river running under my house. Wow. And Juan, my plumber, who I friggin' love, and I just can't say enough good things, literally dropped everything and got over here and fixed it and was just amazing. You can be anything, but be that something for someone in that moment, whatever it is, like being there for people and helping people in any kind of career or job. So I think we can leave it on that beautiful note because we've gone so much over than um, than normal because we just had oh, such sorry. a great combo. <laughs> I mean, <but> so fun. <laughs> it's such a great combo. So it's like, it's sorry, what keeps on happening. So spiritually deep and intertwined yeah. and crying. And, and I don't know why, but I was supposed to give you that message, Maria. I Thanks. didn't even know. Thank you. Um, guys, uh, Candace's new book, her newest book, Kintsugi Wellness, you can order it now on her website or on Amazon. We're going to put a link to that and her website, CandaceKumai.com. Of course, you can follow her on Instagram at Candace Kumai. All of that will be in the summary of this show. What have we learned, Kelsey? Oh my God. Well, a lot of things. The first thing I'm going to do when I go home is make my resentment list. I'm obsessed with that and how juicy and not just resentment, but like also, like you said, Candace, how I played a part in it. Mm -hmm. Cause Mm, I think that like, you know, there was, we had someone on the show who talked about when we get like triggers, think of it like a big, like, you know, bulletin on your chest, right? It's like, okay, we're triggered. And it's like, oh, that's because whatever. I forget exactly who it was, but it's amazing. So whenever I get like irritated or triggered, I will like write it in my phone so that I can kind of go back and be like, why were you triggered by that? Ooh, I like that. Good idea. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this resentment. But this is why she's a good therapist because the therapist wasn't just saying, oh, Candace, poor you. Everybody sucks and you're amazing. (laughs) No, it's like, what role did you play? Because guess what? I played a role in the things that happened to me. A, was it, I was not dealing with little Maria. I wasn't standing up for myself. I didn't have my own self-worth. I, you know, whatever it is. Yep. We play our part too. So you can't just, it's not black and white guys. It's Mm. not like the movies, bad guy, good guy. And we're always the good guy. Well, who are the fucking bad guys then? Right. (laughs) Right. It's not, it's, it's gray. So, all right. Anything else? No, I love that. And well, and I think too, it's just, I really liked your guys' conversation of we're so quick to be like, oh, is something wrong with me? Just, just compare, right? The like, that different is bad, that we're always comparing. And it's like, no, everyone has their own shit. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own baggage. We all do. We just have to like <clears throat> love ourselves more and love. So anyways, I just, I liked that conversation you guys had. And I think that's something I'm always trying to do is 
be aware, okay, this person didn't respond to me. It's not because I suck and they hate me. It's because, no, they're busy or this or that. And you know what? And if they do suck and they hate me, then I don't need them in my life. Peace out. Peace out. So I, t- I just like that idea. And I think going into this new year, m- one of my main goals is greater self-love and appreciation and taking care of myself. So I think mm. it was the perfect convo. Thank you. Mm. You're well, welcome. Yeah, and no one ever has it right or no. perfect. We all are like struggling and figuring it out and have our own insecurities or shortcomings or whatever. Yeah. It just... It's just how it is. But that's why we share so that everyone else can feel like they're not alone. Yeah. Um, Well, and I just, I want to thank both of you because you two are both such like role models for so many women. And the fact that you guys can sit here and be so open about all of that is so incredible. And it's so, it's so nice. Like I get to hear it every day. I'm so lucky. But you know, maybe there's someone new to the show who's going to jump on and hear this for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my gosh, what? Marie and Candace feel that way too. And they're amazing. And they're freaking superstars. And so I just think that that's really special that you both can be, you know, so open and share all that. So thank Thanks, you. Queen. All right, guys, if you haven't left a comment uh, or a rating, what do we call these things? Reviews? Uh, review. Reviews on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> we'll leave a, a link to that in the summary as well. It really helps us so much. So, And it lights us up. makes us feel real good. Yes. Um, and, of course, um, you can follow us on Instagram at Better Together with Maria. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.